Thanks for checking out Free Chapel Young Adults. We're so excited to share this conversation with you from our last Third Wednesday gathering. We'd love to help you get more connected at FCYA here in Orange County. For more info, just follow us on Instagram or text FCOCYA to 510-510. We hope you enjoyed this episode, but be sure to join us next month for FCYA Third Wednesday. We'll see you soon. your first time or if you're just checking out our third Wednesday young adult community we just want to say welcome and if you're um, listening back on the podcast too we want to say welcome and we're glad you're listening back so um, just a way of introduction my name is Angel and um, I'm on our young adults team and then also um, on staff with our free chapel college and I got pastor Cody on my left over here who basically does everything He's Not our young true. adults pastor and our college director, um, and many more things. Um, and then I got Mr. Josh Farrell on my right, and he there is he a is. core part of our young adults team and leads a small group as well. So um, yeah, we're excited to be up here. Um, this might look a little bit different if you're familiar with um, Third Wednesday, but usually we have a guest. Um, pastor Cody's usually interviewing a guest, but... Uh, we just thought it would be special to kind of call this like a vision night, a DNA night of what our young adult community does. What is Third Wednesday? You might be asking, what did I just walk into? Why do we call it Third Wednesday? Why don't they think of a more creative name? We literally couldn't think of anything better. Couldn't. We went through Greek, Latin, <laughs> French, trying to think of anything that was just like sexy to call it. <laughs> and the best we landed on was Third, Third Wednesday. Wednesday. But hey, you're here. Or you here. remembered. Honestly, Come it, home. it helps me remember what date it is. So, um, but yeah, we just want to say thank you for spending your night with us. Um, basically, what Third Wednesday is, is our, our monthly young adult gathering. Um, we're a part of a much larger church, and this is kind of what our young adult community looks like. And so um, we're excited to be here. Actually, our first Third Wednesday was birthed out of in the middle of COVID. And so I think it actually, it's one of my favorite nights because it just reminds us of the importance of gathering and um, being in community and just talking about Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus as a young adult. And so um, we're excited that you're here and just honor that you'd spend your night with us. Yeah, come on, anybody excited to be here? There we go. Shake up your neighbor a little bit. Just make sure they're excited. Check in with them if you haven't yet. And uh, I love what Angel said. You know, part of, part of these nights have just been an opportunity for us to have a um, collection of conversations to really unpack following Jesus, especially during our young adult years. And uh, I think it's always special to bring in a guest, but there's something about the home team. And uh, it's cool to be able to have a home team night. Really, that's what this is. Part of my hope is for the next, I don't know, 40 minutes as we have, the, have this conversation, um, you know, maybe go 40, 45 minutes or shorter if the conversation fizzles out, or maybe we'll be here for two hours. Who knows? But uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, you can count on that. But really, the hope and the expectation is um, that for the next 40 minutes or so, that we'll come around really what it means to follow Jesus. And I just want to say this from the top. You know, we've built these nights, kind of designed these nights um, for people all across the landscape of faith. You may be here tonight and you may not consider yourself a follower of Jesus. And I actually think that's awesome. Maybe someone brought you, maybe someone promised you free in and out uh, as a result of just coming with me tonight, whatever it is. But really one thing I know is that these are always significant conversations. And maybe if just for the next couple of moments, if we can all open up our hearts to the premise that there is a God, uh, 
and that God may want to speak to us, I think that part of what we believe is that God will. And with an open heart, that there's just been so many cool moments that have always, I think, shaped even our community um, over the last you know year that we've taken a look at Third Wednesdays to allow God to speak to us and really to shape um, some of these moments, kind of like divine conversations, I guess, is, is maybe a cool way to put it. But um, yeah, I think if you, if you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, maybe you've been to church so long, you feel like you're, I don't know, part of the furniture or something. Uh, anywhere in between, I think these are cool nights for us to come around and just shake up conversations about faith. And so tonight we're going to be kicking off um, a collection that's going to take us through season one, all the way through the next three months, um, that we're going to call The Search for Everything. Um, the search for everything. All the spiritual people said, ooh, ooh. And uh, really the premise, I think, is that um, we're going to take a couple moments out of the book of John. And uh, the, really John chapter 14, we're going to read a couple of verses together tonight. Um, but really to take a look at when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Maybe you've heard that before. Maybe you've seen that on some Kanye merch. Uh, but it was actually Jesus who said that. And uh, we're going to take a look at what it means to follow Jesus as the way, follow Jesus as the truth, and follow Jesus as the life. And so I think it'll be a couple cool conversations. One of the things I think um, just in planning our um, series here is that, uh, you know, so much of the young adult years can feel like a search. Um, it can feel like the search for the most important things in life. We, we spend our young adult years, our 20s, searching for our career, searching for our purpose, searching for our person and for love and for fulfillment. We spend our 20s um, searching for really the things that, not just everything, but the things that become our everythings. And I think part of the cool um, space that we have to talk about is just uh, allowing maybe the, the search for everything to shape um, really the direction in which we are searching. I think one of the things just in reflecting about being um, a young adult and the things that we're searching for, part of maybe just to open us up tonight is like, what are some things that you have spent so long searching for? Maybe the better way to say it is, what have you searched for that's taken you the longest to find? Yeah, I think I'm still like, on the early side of my young adult years. I'm almost 23, so like, I, you know, nothing has taken me that long yet. <laughs> um, but, but I think for me, one thing that comes to my mind right away is, is purpose, but in a really specific way. Because I've known for a very long time like that I feel called in the ministry, and I've known that that's sort of like the overarching purpose. But one thing that consistently takes me a long time is to figure out the specifics of like how I'm going to do that or like should I go to this school? Should I go to that school? Should I move to this place or to that place? Should I be a part of this ministry or that or whatever it is? And I think that that's something that that consistently like sort of trips me up almost or takes me a long time is figuring out like the specific details or like the specific steps that get me to that like overarching purpose. Yeah. Um, I think for me, um, it's been a lot, I'm, and since we're sharing our ages, I'm 26 years old, and so, yeah, a lot, like smack dab in the middle of my young adult years, and I think the overarching thing that I've been trying to search for or I've been asking Jesus about is like being content and completely content in what he has me and what he has in front of me. And no surprise, I mean, Pastor Cody already said we're already looking for a person, and so I mean, I think for me as a 26-year-old, um, I'm, like, very comfortable talking about this. Um, I'm very single, and... <laughs> Ayo! 
I think the thing that the people want to know is, are you single or are you single and ready to mingle? If the Lord tells me to mingle, I'll mingle, okay? Come on. But I think, I mean, a lot of, I mean, I mean, for a raise raise of hands, who is single in this room? I'm going to put everyone on the spot. Okay. And then keep your hand up if you wish you weren't single. I know. I'm coming for you. (laughs) Everyone's like... They're holding their hand up down by their side. They want to be honest, but... Angel's like, now keep your hand up if you're a guy in that group, and I'll come talk to you after. <laughs> um, but I, the reason why I asked that is because I would, ra- I would keep my hand raised for I wish I wasn't single, right? Like, I guess you would always ra- like raise your hand for that. But I think... It's really been this year that I have searched for this contentment of like what the Lord has me in. And um, I think, yeah, I think it would have been this year that I would have finally said like, actually, God, like I'm really glad that I didn't meet someone in college and get married young. I thought I was going to get married young my whole life. My mom got married when she was 21 years old. My sister got married when she was 23. Um, And both my older siblings are married. The two younger siblings below me are both dating and in love and it's just me smack dab in the middle only single sibling but but honestly I can like make fun of it but I actually can say with like a full heart I have found this contentment with not just like my relationship status but like the job that the Lord has me in the friends that God has me with um and I and I something that has helped me with that I don't want to go too long in this because it's not we're not fully diving into relationships tonight, but um, I do think it's something that we can all relate to, um, whether you're married or single or not. Um, but I've, but the Lord gave me a promise, and it's Psalm 84:11. It's basically the Lord is a sun and shield; He bestows favor and honor. There's no good thing that He withholds from the from the people that He loves. And so that that whole thing of no good thing withheld is has kept me like. I don't know, it's just gotten me through a lot of like dark times and seasons where it's been really easy to compare or it's been really easy to be like, God, I've been praying for this for years and it's not happening. And so um, I've kind of gotten into this habit of every single day when I wake up, I ask God for his best for me. So like, God, I submit this day to you, but I just pray for God's best in my life today. Like, I don't want anything more. I don't want anything less. And if I'm praying for God's best for me, and I'm not married, then that ultimately means that God's best for me is not to be married right now. Hmm. And um, so I think that's kind of helped me in reaching this contentment of being single. And I will, I will gladly say, like, biggest desire is to get married one day and have kids and have a family. But I, tr- I want God's best for me more. It's really good. Somebody, somebody is going to go get a tattoo tonight that says no good thing withheld Honestly, because of that. You know what I'm going to get tattooed? Pastor Cody once called me a successful single. So get that tattooed on my forehead. That I did say. Well, I think it's, it's such an important part. And we're going to spend some time next season diving into this topic. But I do think that there's like such actually an important thing to that. Like, It's hard to be successfully single. Um, and what I mean by that is like so many singles are, not, like you said, not content in their singleness. It's always kind of a waiting game, feeling like I'm, you know, missing out on something. 
And uh, part of, I, I think, the challenge for our single years is to use them investing into God's purposes and his plan for our life. And I think that that's what I think I meant to encapsulate um, by, by saying that. But I think it is actually so such a key thing and such a beautiful thing to actually discover contentment in your young adult years. Um, one of the things I think, looking back for me, um, one of the things I think has taken the longest to find was actually um, some self-awareness. Anybody with me on that? <clears throat> Let me unpack this for a moment because I think like part of the conversation there, I've had to learn that people um, perceive you based on what they receive from you. And so I think like learning just that principle that, um, you know, the way that we see ourselves may not be the way that people see us. And I can just say it's such a um, the comparison thing is so real, I think, in our young adult years, measuring up against Instagram, measuring up against our friends, people that we see that are just like crushing it and feeling like, man, like what, what is what is even my life right now? And like, I think actually understanding and being content in who you are in sort of your grid. It was just funny. We were chatting a couple weeks ago, but I've had to like, even something as simple as like learn, like, no, I'm actually not going to wear that now because that's not me. And I'm not going to go, you know, get the overalls or the, the, you know, the thrift store loafers because I would just look like a goofball. And look, I love it. I'm like, I, I think fashion's super cool. What I'm like wearing cargo pants and I try and really hard. So just pause. But I think like just actually coming to a place of self-awareness, I think all that to say, there are some searching for the, the most important things happen during our young adult years. And, um, you know, one of the things that as we even began our ministry here at Free Chapel, young adults, um, we really felt like the Lord gave us a verse in sort of setting the course for who we would be and what this community would be, would be about. And uh, that's why we're kind of taking the home team tonight, because that verse was John 14, 6. It's the verse where Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And we were actually praying, God, like, what do young adults in our community need? We don't just want to be a cool gathering. I think it's awesome that we're able to be here tonight. But really, the, the point of tonight isn't that we would just, like, host a cool service. It's kind of lame, actually. The, the idea is that we would be plugged into like meeting the actual needs of our community and help point people to Jesus. And I think being able to understand when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, it was like real clearly God, I remember speaking to me saying, I think the three core needs, the thing that people are searching for most, maybe I'll say it that way, is they're looking for spiritual direction, for authentic community, and for a joy-filled life. As far as I can tell, that pretty much encapsulates the things that I need most as a young adult, the spiritual direction. God, what do you want me to do? Authentic community, a place where I don't have to pretend or hide, but I can just be my real self around some people that are also committed to being their real selves and a joy-filled life. I can experience actually true fulfillment. The thing I think is beautiful about this is Jesus says, I'm the way to do that. That it's found, like the answer is right in front of you. We, whatever you're looking for, the need is there. Maybe we just read that tonight. John 14, um, verse 6. Um, actually, I'm going to back up, and I know maybe we don't have it on the screen, but just we're going to do a little bit of a reading time. <laughs> Listen in real good. Jesus says this, Don't let your hearts be troubled, for if you believe in God, also believe in me. For my Father's house has many rooms, 
And if, it were, if that were not so, I wouldn't have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. But if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also could be where I am. For you know the way to the place that I'm going. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I'm the way and the truth and the life, for no one comes to the Father except through me. For if you really know me, then you will know my Father as well. So from now on, you do know him, for you have seen him. It's really good. And I love that part where it's Thomas asking, well, first of all, Jesus says, I'm the way, and then Thomas comes back and he says, but Jesus, what is the way? Like, he's like asking the same question that he just answered. And like, how many times do I do that? Like, Jesus has given me instruction. And then I'm like, wait, Jesus, hold up. What am I doing? And I think I, I love that Thomas asked that because it shows our heart. Like, it shows, like, we're doubting and Jesus is right in front of us. And we're asking questions and Jesus is right in front of us. I mean, Thomas was walking with Jesus and he still was like, Jesus, what direction are we going into? I would like to think that if Jesus was right in front of me physically, I'd be like, wouldn't have any questions. I would answer um, without any questions. And so I think the thing that I want to ask tonight is in finding Jesus's way in that direction. I know we say Jesus is the way, but what does that actually mean? How does that help us in our young adult years? Um, And I think of like finding God's will in that and um, making the right decisions, whether it's finding the right job, which I, what job should I take? Should I move here? Should I marry this person? Should I go into this ministry? Should I go to this church? Um, all of these questions that we're asking, it's like, how do you, I guess, what would you say would be um, the, the most important thing that God is, a- God is wanting us to find when we are asking for his will? I think the, pr- the f- primary pers- purpose of just any Christian is to worship God. And so I think that we have to, if we're like answering the question of like God directing us or anything, it has to start from that point that, that no matter what the, like anything else is, it has to be in worship to God because that's the, it's like I said, it's the primary purpose of, of like a Christian, of someone who is one of God's chosen people. And I like what you were saying, even just like a second ago about like, you like would think that, if you were walking with Jesus, you would like not like have so many questions about it. But it's just as crazy to me, like how often that happens in the Bible. Yeah. Like that, like the disciples do that literally constantly. Yeah. Like and like he, like Jesus calms the storm, and then they're like, "Who is this?" That's like what they say, and they're like, "Who do you think that it is?" I don't. <laughs> That's good. But but one story that actually like specifically comes to my mind about that in the Bible is it's in the Old Testament, and it's a story about. Aaron's sons, and Aaron is like the essentially the worship leader, and his sons are like essentially worship leaders with him. And it's crazy because throughout their lives, their names are Abihu and Nadab. But I just was gonna not say that part because no one will remember them. But but they in their it's a lives, good recommendation for those of you that want to have kids one day. <laughs> yes, yeah, Abihu is a great one. I'm I'm gonna save the, the Nadab for myself. But um, <laughs> but. Uh, they, in their lives, they see God physically multiple times. They go up the mountain with Moses on Mount Sinai in one story. In another story, they physically see him in the Holy of Holies. And it's like all these crazy things. And then they, like, 
moments later, basically, they forget how to worship him and they, they die because yeah. they worshiped him the wrong way. They sacrificed incorrectly and did it outside of God's plan. Yeah. And it's crazy because we can talk about this in like such an abstract way of like God's like spiritual direction, yeah. but they forgot like li- just literal spiritual directions. So like God gave them specific directions that they knew yeah. and they saw work of how to worship him and how to, how to see him. And then they just completely just forgot it and worshiped in the wrong way. And I think that that story is just so crazy of like the fact that they're worship leaders and they forget how to worship him. And like, how often can we just like be in church and then we just, and we just forget how to worship him. How often can we just be walking with him? Like you were saying, and just yeah. forget who he actually is and what he's actually telling us. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And I love that because even understanding that, you know, the way that Bible talks about worship isn't necessarily like the, you know, just Christian karaoke or like the songs that we may sing on stage, but worship is described as a lifestyle that all of what we do is meant to bring glory to God. And so when we're talking about like finding the way of spiritual direction or following in Jesus's plan, how do we discern God's will? I think maybe just the thing that I'd say is I think God always cares about who more than do. He cares more about who you're becoming than maybe what you're doing. Yeah. And many of us try and flip that equation. We yeah. think that if I can do the right thing, I'll become the right yeah. person. But I think God is, you know, it's upside down. He's, he's challenging us to say, you know, one interesting thing, I, I've checked myself on this, but everywhere in the Gospels that a career is mentioned, Jesus gives the invitation to leave the career to follow him. Every moment Jesus says, career. He's, you know, tax collector, fisherman. It's an invitation to leave that thing to follow Jesus. Now, hold on. Nobody quit your job tomorrow morning. But I think there is a higher perspective that heaven calls us to that Jesus begins to say, it's not necessarily about what you do, but how you're bringing glory or who you're becoming, the kind of person that would bring glory to God in whatever you do. You could be in any field, but I think the thing that God would care about, like I think if you can focus on becoming the right who, God will take care of the right do. And I think just for some people that have been maybe experiencing decision fatigue or feeling like, God, what the heck do you want me to do? So many times in my life, I felt like just crippled by the fact of like, God, show me what you want me to do. And God, I think would say, no, I want, I want to give you wisdom to decide. So that in whatever you do, you can bring glory to me. Look at the life of Peter. He's fishing and Jesus says, you are a fisherman, but I want to make you a fisher of men. Right? This, it's, it's calling us to a higher perspective that in my career, I can experience heaven's calling, my purpose to bring glory to God in that. And I think just really understanding um, sort of how, what do I find the pathway to God's will? You can't be the right person if you're following the wrong person. Yeah. And so I think part of the wisdom that God would give us, like the gospel works not just in our relationship this way, but it works out in our relationships this way, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think like if we can get this thing right, so I'm, God, what do you want me to do? The first thing I think God would say tonight is follow Jesus. Yeah. He says, I'm actually the way. It's kind of an ironic answer. We're talking about directions and Jesus just says, hey, follow me, I'll take care of it. You know, I think of Proverbs 3 where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. And here's the part, that he will make straight your paths. Give me two minutes on this one.
Because any, any, any ancient person that would have heard that verse would have instantly thought of the story of the Bible where instead of a, you know, remember geometry, the, the shortest distance between two points is what? <laughs> a straight line. Some of you are going, I did not come for math class. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. What happened in the wilderness, the story of the Exodus, is that instead of getting to the promised land that God had, it was disobedience that led them going in circles, wandering throughout the wilderness. So what comes to their mind is if I trust in God and lean not on trusting myself, then what begins to happen is that he will take care of making the the path to get to where I need to go straight. I'm not going to spend my life wandering. Maybe I'll say it like this. Where there is dependence on God, there is direction from God. We try and just say, God, give me direction. And God's trying to teach us. No, no, no. Part of following me is that you would depend, or maybe a better way to say it is to trust in me. Trust is to give yourself to something wholeheartedly. And so I think part of just even understanding like this trust question, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts there. Yeah, I think the thing that comes to mind, even talking about like indecision, and I think sometimes indecision is like the the incubator for like our dependence on God and his direction. And we want it so bad that we're looking at everything. And it reminds me of um, a time in my life where I was faced with this decision to like either stay here or move somewhere else. And I had seven weeks of indecision and like I swear, like, every sermon was for me, and every, like, that's when, like, Mike Todd's Crazy Faith series was, and I was like, I'm supposed to move, and, like, I don't need a job, and it's for me, and I was, like, going back and forth between what God wants for me so bad, and now, hindsight, like, almost three years later, I'm realizing, like, that's actually, that seven weeks is when I experience like the character of God in a way that like I never did like I never knew God was like that kind to like give me um gifts of friendship that I needed um God wasn't I didn't realize that God was so kind that he'd give me a job that like didn't make sense in in like what I wanted to do but it was providence in a way and so I think when I think of that like I was so fixated on am I moving here or am I staying here or am I getting a job there or how is this going to work out logistically? I'm like a logistics person. I like wanted everything to line up. And it was actually in that time that I, like I do look back and I'm like, I don't think I would be the person that I am without that seven weeks of like anxiety and indecision and God just speak to me moments that were actually really frustrating if I like can be honest. I was so upset because I was like, God, you're not even speaking to me. You're not giving me a word. You're not, I was like, Lord, like, please, like, can the person like tap me on my shoulder and tell me I'm supposed to go? And it was none of that. And I, it really was like, God was developing who I was becoming. And for that, like when I think of God's kindness and if we sing about God's kindness, I'm like crying thinking about those seven weeks because that's when I saw God's kindness in my life. It's really cool. Yeah, I just, what comes to my mind is both of you really were saying everything you were saying, and like, it was all so good, but what comes to my mind the most is just sort of the issue of of authority that comes up along with the dependence and the trust, like what you guys were both talking about, and it's, it is like this verse in, in Judges where Israel is going through this this series of time where God is like raising up kings and there's like some good ones and most of them are bad. And then he starts raising up judges to rule over the nation. But towards the end of the book, you get this verse that says in those days, there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Mm. And it just, that comes to my mind because how could, 
when you don't have your authority figure, when, you, when your authority is thrown off, when you've put your authority in the wrong place, how could you ever actually know what the right direction to go is? And when you're talking about purpose and everyone, like every single week, I feel like so many people ask me about like, what's my purpose for this? Or what's my purpose in my life? And all these things. And I'm like, happy to have that conversation with anyone. But how could you ever know what the answer is if your authority is not in the right place? And that's what I think really even what Jesus is saying back in the original verse, that he is the way, that there isn't any other options. There's not, he's not one of the ways. He's the way. And he's setting himself up to be our authority. And so when, then when you are getting down to the question of like your purpose for things, it just is a matter of who your authority is. And once you know and are living with Jesus as your authority, then you have the purpose for your relationship or for your career or for whatever it is, your identity, any, any whatever, like fill in the blank. You find the purpose for it when your authority figure is who it's supposed to be, which is Jesus. It's really good. And, you know, I think that's why some of us as a church, we are um, going through 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I think t- today is day 10. Is that right? Day 10? Am I the only one fasting? Come it's on, only been guys. 10 it, feels, days. it feels like the 20th day. <laughs> halfway. It feels like we're halfway. Um, and I think it's actually a great moment in, in January, the beginning of the year, to um, really make sure that we, like, are are calibrated the right way or like our dependence is in the right place or that our authority like Josh was talking about is in the right place that um, you know right at the beginning of this year we're saying God I'm depending on you most and we're kind of interrupting the rhythms of our life we're interrupting the things that we may um, whether we realize it or not just allow to become um, you know like feeding our appetites or all you know or the social media thing I know a lot of people are fasting that some people are fasting coffee because my God we depend on that Um, and it's just a cool moment, I think, for us to, like we're talking about here, it's a cool practice, I guess, for us as a church, and so if you, um, maybe aren't in that journey, I think, what a cool way to just jump in the last 10 days, um, with us, and, you know, maybe just consider this question as an action step tonight of, like, is there a way that I can maybe forsake something in the natural to, um, lean into dependence more in the spiritual, um, because, and I think this is actually such an important question, especially for us as young adults, because I don't know if you've seen this, I've just learned that when people stop depending on God, they depend on crazy things, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I think of, um, you had mentioned it earlier, but there was a G.K. Chesterton quote that says, um, when people stop believing in God, it's not that they don't believe in anything, it's that they believe in anything, that there's just like, what I'll just, you know, choose my options, right? I remember there was one time um, where I was sitting in a Starbucks and I watched, you know, if you sit close enough at the tables in Starbucks, they're all circles. And if you sit close enough, you can hear conversations. Not that I do this, but <laughs> occasionally. There was one uh, conversation in particular, that just caught my attention. I was um, kind of listening a few years ago, and there was a, a lady there who had um, sort of this like map out, and I was like, "What is she looking at?" And then there was like an older guy that walked in, and she just handed him like a stack of bills. And then I know it's weird already. And then um, she held out her hand, and it was like a palm reading. He was like, you know, I heard, and there's like, oh, you have a, a long love line, and you just see her as she's just like enamored by like the stars are aligned for my this month, and the you know when I was born, it's just like this is the moment of destiny for me, and it's just is like, and then I she saw me watching, 
And she was like, isn't that awesome? And I was like, nope. <laughs> like, what are we, we're dependent, like the star, the month I was born is determining, that I'm depending on crazy stuff. Like, we're just, oh, my sign is like, this is the month where I can meet my, per- no, 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 no. Hold on. My dependence on God has to be primary. And so part of, we're talking about the way to his will, depending on God. So there's a wisdom, you know, question that begins to happen. Okay, so my authority, my, my dependence is on God and he's making straight my paths. One of the ways I've found, I don't know if you guys can speak into this. One of the ways I've found that I felt God kind of direct me into his will is the people that he surrounds me with. Yeah, that's, I think, really good. And it's funny that you like brought up that you were listening like Mike Todd sermons and everything because what you were saying like people do depend on crazy things and it's like so easy to like for some of them like oh yeah if you're like you know reading tarot cards it's like a pretty easy thing to be like yeah that's that's we don't believe that but yeah but one thing that happens i think so much especially within the church is people will will just like go like wait until they find a pastor who they agree with and then that becomes their authority or they start depending on that specific one they're like yeah I love to I I don't go to church anymore I only listen to Mike Todd on YouTube now and and then but we love Mike Todd let's (laughs) not he's getting a lot of shade tonight just using that as the example because Angel said it it's not to throw shade at anybody in specific it's actually there so then if I I can not use Mike Todd as an example it's the same it's actually the same chapter of Judges it's Judges 17 it says, it says something along the lines of, now that I have a Levite as my priest, God will be on my side. It says something along the lines of that. And it's just this idea of like, now that I like found a pastor who agrees with you know, the point that I was trying to, uh, to prove, now, I can, now God's on my side. Yeah. But that's really not how it works. Like, and not to say that, that a pastor can't speak into your life. And like, I hope God is speaking to you through the conversation that we're having up here and of course, but it's just what Cody was yeah. saying. Like, who are you? De- are you dependent on th- like our once a month meeting? Because it probably is not going to go that well for you in your life if, if your whole life is dependent on a third Wednesday. But if you're depending on God and this is a way to to get that into you, then that's that's the, really the point. Yeah, it's only crazy yeah. <laughs> until, until it happens. happens. <laughs> um, just going off of that too, I think what you're saying is even the things that we're depending on, they can actually be good things and they can be tools for us. Sermons, podcasts, worship songs, pastors, spiritual direction in that way. They can be good things and good people and good tools, but scale it back. Our number one authority is the Lord. And so these are all good things and they're all tools and they're gifts from the Lord to use, but we're not supposed to depend on it 100%. We're supposed to depend on the Lord. Any, any thoughts on maybe why, as a generation, we struggle with, like, absolutes? Um, you know, when we're saying that, like, this Jesus isn't one way, it's the only way. But I know for many people that can kind of feel, maybe even listening back tonight, can feel, that can feel abrasive. It can feel like, you know, kind of a jerk to be like, yeah, I'm right and you're wrong. So, what, but why do you think we, we struggle with, with statements that, that rough? You brought up G.K. Chesterton earlier, so I have my own quote from him now. But uh, he, he also said in, in one of his books, he says that saying yes to one thing is saying no to everything else. Basically, I paraphrased it a little bit. But I think that that's really one of the reasons that people struggle with this, because if you 
are willing to say that Jesus is the only way, then that means that every single other option is you're saying no to it. Yeah. And it like takes it off the table for you, basically. Yeah. And that's hard. Like everybody just like wants to have options, especially like that's such like a thing today. I feel like everybody just like doesn't make any decision about anything because they're all just like want to have as yeah. many options as possible. They don't, they don't want to actually like choose to do anything. Right. Yeah. And, they, and then it just becomes sort of this like mixture of like, there's like Jesus is there and then there's also like Buddha and it's like, what happened? <laughs> but but, yeah. but I, think, I think like that's what I notice at least is like people just don't, don't want to say yes to the one thing because then you're saying no to the like infinite other options. And like you said, that can be just so abrasive and it, it, it so easily comes across as like, a, like you said, I'm right and you're wrong. Mm-hmm. But in reality, that's like not, that's not the point. That's not what we're actually saying. It, I mean, it is what we're actually saying, but we're not saying it like that. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I think it's, you know, it's one, it's one thing to maybe read our perspective into Scripture. Like, the thing about this passage is that Jesus says that because you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And, like, the way I'd maybe say it is that Jesus is the visual aid of God. Like, if we want to know what God is like, we have to look to the life of Jesus, he has, God has revealed himself through the person of Jesus. That's why we trust in him. And so I think many times people don't have a relationship with God because they have uh, maybe a bad picture of God. They don't see God correctly. And so they see God as like this cosmic judge who is, you know, like slamming the gavel down and saying like, it's my way or the highway. And I think that the person of Jesus is both truth and love that it, there's grace present there, that the person of Jesus is not some of an angry judge, but trying to lead us in the way of, of really true life and of true fulfillment. It reminds me of this passage. I wrote it down. Um, it is in Matthew, and it's saying, because, the, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way, which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Um, that whole thing reminds me of like a living a life with Jesus or going in the way of Jesus is supposed to be narrow. Like it is supposed to be more difficult. It's supposed to be harder. And I think as like a follower of Jesus, you're like, what did I sign up for? I thought I was going to get a life of no difficulty, but yes, the life of Jesus, life with Jesus is more fruitful and more joyful and more full, but we're not promised no difficulty. We're actually promised difficulty. Like this, this narrow way that not a lot of people go get into um, they fall off of it a lot. And so I think that's something to mention of this isn't supposed to be this like walk in the park. Um, it is amazing and it's the best thing I've ever done, but it's hard and it's difficult and sometimes it's painful. I said it, you know, one of the things I'm doing this this month is reading through um, the New Testament. And I'm at a place right now where um, reading through the, the right at the end of the Gospels into the book of Acts where Jesus, you know, promises to us the Holy Spirit. I said it to some of our students, but it's amazing to me. Jesus makes three promises to us, right? Right as he ascends into heaven and to his first disciples, he says, guys, I'm going to give you the the gift of the Holy Spirit that lives within you to equip you and to empower you. But there's going to be three things that I promise. He says, the first thing I promise is that you are going to be incredibly courageous. He says, you are going to be absolutely fearless to face whatever comes upon you. There's going to be a courage that is deposited within you, no matter what situation you face. The second situation, the second promise Jesus says is that you're not only going to be fearless, but you're going to be absurdly joyful. He says, there's going to be a joy that surpasses 
um, anything that you can you know, make sense of, that there is a joy that's deposited deep within you. The third thing Jesus promises is that you are going to face constant trouble. <laughs> he says, you are going to be fearless, you are going to be joyful, and we're like, yes! And he says, and you're going to face constant trouble. And I love this because it's like in the seasons where it's difficult to follow Jesus, there is a promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit within us that gives us you know, a courage, a, a, a boldness to step into, but also a joy that's not dependent on the situation that I'm going through. Um, so maybe to pivot here. Um, well, can I, I yeah. maybe one more thought just that I wanted to say about this? Because I think it, it really comes down to like what you guys were both just saying, like people don't want to make that decision because they forget that it's supposed to be hard, like you were saying, and then it gets hard and they're like, oh, what's up with it? Yeah. But, but <laughs> the other thing that they forget is just actually what what we believe. I think mm. for some some people, it like is yeah. so hard to make that decision because they just don't actually know what the decision that they're making is. And I even think about like like not like just a tasteful amount to call out some of the free travel college students, but like today in class, you asked everyone to define what the gospel is, and like two people answered, right? And so it like in our minds, it's There's like a high pressure environment. Right, right, yeah. right. Yes, there are the free travel college students are very equipped and all uh, amazing, but but it's just. It's that, but that's like the way, like, I don't, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know what I would say, right? Like, it becomes something that gets so confusing because so many things get thrown into it. Like, every, I'm off of Instagram right now for the fast, but, but when I was on Instagram, I feel like every single day I would see at least a handful of posts. It's like, the gospel is this. The gospel is reconciliation, or the gospel is whatever. And I'm like, how can, it, it can't be all of these, like, that's not what it is. It can be a, like, that's part of it, sure, but that's not what it is. Like, <laughs> and so, it, like, it, I think that just is part of it. Like, people don't actually know, like, when Jesus says, I am the way, that's a part of, that's in one of the gospels and the gospels are the that's what we're being directed into right it's like the story of that we are all sinners and we've all fallen short and god loved the world so much that he sent his son to die for us and then we can have eternal life with him like that's what it is yeah. it's not the gospel is it it's not yeah. reconciliation that's a part of it for sure but it is the story of us being saved from our sin yeah. and i think that's one reason why it's like so hard like for people to get behind because they like don't every everyone is like trying to like just add like their thing in everyone wants to just like put like their cause into the gospel but like that might be a great, it might be a great cause. Like reconciliation is a great thing, the example I keep using, but that's not what it is. Like yeah. we have to actually remember what, like what we actually believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to remember too that th those are Jesus's words. Like this isn't just like our thing. It's not a free chapel thing. Like it's not my ideas. No, Jesus actually said this. Like I don't have to stand up here and be like, hey guys, Jesus is the only way. No, no, no. Jesus said he's the only way. And so we're talking about Man, Jesus is the way. He's, he's the way to heaven. He's the way to a relationship with God. He's a way to discern his will. And I think like maybe just in closing, um, to, to kind of tie this all together, what, what do you think like when we're talking about um, the way to his will, we, we understand maybe the, the, the big will of God for, for some of these things like the gospel, but for our lives, like, what do you think is some of the ways that God even like helps to direct, um, his will through us? One of the ways for me is 
uh, I know we're talking about all these different kinds of tools and gifts that God's given given us, but I want to make note of like spiritual direction in the sense of mentors and spiritual leaders and pastors in your life, and also surrounding yourself with the right people. And whether that, and I know that sounds so churchy, like get yourself in a small group and have a community and don't do life alone. But honestly, like Jesus didn't want us to do life alone. He promises difficulty, but he promises that if we don't do life alone, it'll be better. And so um, for me, that has been something that I've like strategically prayed for. Like, Lord, I pray for the right friendships in my life for this season that you're bringing me. Mm through. Um, I pray for the right pastors in my life to get me through this season. And um, it's it's harder than it looks. Like I think as a small group leader, we've been doing this for two years now. And sometimes like I don't want to go to small group. And sometimes I know people don't want to go to my small group. And I think, and I want to say that not to like harp on our small groups because they are the best, but relationships and friendships are actually like hard work. Yeah. And you're not going to walk into small group and find your best friends the first day. Maybe you will, and I envy you. But, um, like, it, relationships take hard work. The first couple months that I came to this church, I would walk into church for five months alone, and I would sit down alone, and I knew a couple people, and I knew where they were sitting, but I would come in alone, and I'd walk out alone. And it was me going out of my way, being really uncomfortable, and asking, like, Pastor Cody's wife, Rachel, to go to coffee, and I didn't know her, or, like, getting to know people in my small group, or getting to know people in our leadership team, that, like, it was actually really uncomfortable, but it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of effort, Um, and sometimes you walk away from a coffee date, and you're like, that was horrible, and I don't want to get coffee with that person ever again, Um, but it it takes, like, it really, I don't know, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it's not... Friendships are so fruitful, and they are, like, my favorite gift that the Lord's given me, but they are really hard. And as, like, an, I'm an initiator as a friend, so, like, sometimes I get a little self sabotage and I'm like, if I don't text any of my friends, I bet they won't text me. And I think, like, that's not how God works, because it's not about what you're getting out of them. It's, it's God's called us to love Him and to love His people, and... Yeah, friendships are hard. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, I think you bring up a great point that, like, a connect group can't just be an event. Like, it's just the method that we are called to live in community. And part of, I think, the the thing about this is, we, I was sharing with some of our team, like, I don't want Third Wednesdays to ever be some somewhere that you, like, vacation or somewhere you just visit. Like, the hope is that we're, we're building community because this is the picture that Jesus has designed for us. And I think specifically, as we're talking about tonight, discerning the will of God, like, God, help me to know the right thing to do. One of the things the Bible says is, if you walk with the wise, you will become wise. And I, I maybe just want to say, like, a word for some people here tonight at the beginning of the year, hear me tonight. You can't live the right life with the wrong people. It's just the truth. And I think part of the wisdom that God would send to us happens in in praying, God, would you send me the right friends? And maybe evaluating, like, God, who am I letting deposit into me? Like, what voice is actually the loudest? 
is 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 it just like I'm just kind of listening to everybody? Am I just like reading my Instagram comments to help like fill something? Or is there actually specific people that I've entrusted to deposit into me? Is this is is are my friendships, are my mentors, are my small group a protected space that I'm actually in community where I'm allowing their voice to help lead me into the direction and and into the, hearing the voice of God? I just want to say, like, if you're not in a small group, man, I, I'm a person that is like, I hate small groups. <laughs> I just do. I think they're like, they can be that way. But I love the community that we're building. And we're not just doing like the churchy, like, let's sit around the fire and sing Kumbaya and tell me how many, many times you messed up this week. Yeah. We're not doing that. We're actually getting together as the community of God to help build one another up, that we can walk life together. That, and I'll just tell you, there's been, have been moments in my life where it has been my small group that has helped me to discern even God's wisdom and what God may be trying to say to me. I think it's just an important step for us to take here tonight. There'll be some leaders in the back, but my goodness, I don't want to leave tonight without making the invitation to like, man, get plugged into us. Maybe you've tried a small group. Maybe you've tried being a part of one of our connect groups and felt like, hey, I didn't really, you know, connect. Or like Angel was saying, like, I just kind of, you know, did the thing for a couple weeks by myself. And I guess it's not for me. No, 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 it is for you. And part of our next steps here tonight, I would just love if this can be a community where it just doesn't happen once a month, but it's something that we can continue to live life together week after week. I just think that you'll find that there is a support, there's a beauty in, in not walking the journey alone because like practically you can't really be a Christian by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't work only one way. It's a bridge to everyone around me. And so I think maybe the last thing I'll say here tonight is we're talking about Jesus is the way. He's the way to find spiritual direction. For me, to following Jesus is actually the path not only to wisdom, but following Jesus is the path to live the best life possible. Yeah. I think part of the trust that we have a, a struggle trusting is that we actually um, will choose to trust ourselves more than we trust in God's way. Yeah. We pray for God's will, but we don't want it His way. Yeah. And I think when we're following Jesus, one of the things that we just have to come together tonight and just maybe ask the question in our hearts is like, God, do I trust that your way is the best way for me? Or do I actually think there's another method to get what I want? No, no, no. I want to be the kind of person that right from the start of the year, I'm following Jesus as the way to true fulfillment, as the way to true peace, the way to true joy, the way to true purpose in my life. Jesus is the way to the, the, the best life possible. And really when it comes down to it, when we're talking about sin, all of sin, all the thing within us is just a, it's a refusal to trust that God's way is better than mine. And just to come to a place tonight where we can allow maybe the voice of God, the Holy Spirit in our hearts to say, God, have I actually really trusted that your way is the best way for me? that there is a, a, a true dependence on you right from the start of the year, that my, my trust is in you, not in my own understanding, not in my own, um, you know, my own belief or my own, even my own will. But Jesus, you said you are the way. So I'm following after you, believing that, that this, this straight line is going to happen in my life. I'd love if we could all stand up together here just as we close. And um, we've always kind of wanted to make the invitation these nights um, to allow just some space. We, we like to close in worship because we think it's the right response um, to a conversation like this. Um, but maybe you're just here tonight and 
I'd ask, maybe we can all just bow our heads, close our eyes, just as a moment of privacy before we go any further, not trying to be any kind of spooky. We're just trying to respect this moment because it's not, it's not really about even the people that you came with or um, anybody else. This is a moment where it's between you and God. And part of the invitation I want to make tonight is I would hate to have just a conversation about following Jesus and not give anybody the opportunity to actually take the step, the first step of following Jesus for themselves. Maybe you're here tonight. These are new ideas. Maybe you're here tonight and this has just been, you felt like good news that you're hearing for the first time. Or maybe as we've kind of unpacked this conversation, that there's been um, just a sense of within you that says, I haven't been living that way, but man, I want to live that kind of life. Every head bowed, every eye closed, just a moment of honesty before a God who's alive, who cares about you, who has a purpose for your life. I think there's just a question tonight that just says, have I, have I truly trusted in Jesus? The Bible says that for anyone who believes in God, puts their faith in Jesus, and confesses with their mouth that he is Lord, they will be saved. It just means that there's a moment, not only in my heart, but in the way that I live my life, that I'm trusting that he is the boss, not me. That I'm surrendering the keys of my soul, that is, I'm living for him, I'm, I'm trusting in Jesus. I'm putting my full trust and dependence on him. I just wanna make the invitation tonight Maybe you're here, you felt like this is just a moment you stumbled into. I'm telling you, it's not an accident. God has a purpose for you to be here tonight. Maybe it's just to have a knock on your heart to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you into a relationship with me. You say, Cody, I wanna follow Jesus. I wanna trust him as the way, not a way, but the way. 2022, I'm trusting in Jesus wholeheartedly for faith is not about believing without proof faith is about trusting without reservation no reservations tonight saying god i'm putting my whole trust in you just looks like this number one to recognize i can't get heaven by myself there's nothing there's not enough good things that i can do that i could earn my way there that there's something on the inside of me it's a condition called sin that just means there's something broken on the inside of me I don't need uh, my mistakes corrected. I actually need to be born again, new life through the spirit of Jesus deposited in my heart to say, God, I don't need a, a pastor or a program or a promise or a new year's resolution to fix this. I need Jesus here tonight, trusting in his way to believe in our heart, to put our faith in Jesus as the son of God who died for me, was raised to new life so that I could have a relationship with God the Father. And lastly, to confess with our mouth, just to practice this, we're gonna pray here in a moment, but it just is the declaration to say, God, I'm putting my whole trust in you today to follow your will for my life. Nobody looking around, if you're here tonight and you just say, Cody, I wanna follow Jesus that way, just wanna ask you right now just to lift your hand. Anybody that I'm talking to say, I wanna follow Jesus's way tonight. There's one, there's two, there's three, there's four, there's five, six, Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? All across this place, I want to invite you. We're all going to say it together. Let's pray this out loud. We say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, 
You took my sin, my shame, and you died for it. You faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to. And you rose again to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I'm not trusting my way. I'm trusting your way. Now let's make this our confession. We say, God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Spirit is my helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate those people that made that decision tonight.